Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Welcome back to The Things We Say. We're here again in the basement recording. Yes, we are. And Sheldon sounds like me. And I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And here we are. Yes, here Um, we are. So this week on the things that we don't understand, I've had a problem since about Saturday. (laughs) I heard this song that I haven't heard for a long time, but the Rock Hall of Fame was playing. They were going back over music videos. And so they were saying, hey, there's this new display up at the Rock Hall, and it's about music videos. And the very first music video that was ever played on MTV was? I actually don't know that. Video Killed the Radio Star. I did know that. I had actually <laughs> forgotten about it, though. So they started playing it on the radio, and I've had that song in my head for like three days now. Nice. Usually, the thing I don't understand is how to get a song out of your head when it's playing on a loop. My usual solution to this, which hasn't worked for the last couple songs, <laughs> is to listen to it from beginning to end. Yeah. Because I hear, I felt like if I could hear the song end, it would leave. Right. This one has not. It got deeply burrowed into my mind. Because usually that's my solution, too. Usually that's what really? I'll tell people is, is just listen to it. If you get to listen to it once, it'll take care of it. If you can find it on YouTube, yeah. play it beginning to end. The question I have was, did you actually see the video? Yes. So maybe you need to watch the video all the way through end to end. I did. But I mean, oh, did you just maybe, play it and no, like let I it play in the background? I did not finish the video because I got annoyed. See? There you and go. You just need to video. literally focus on the video and watch the whole thing all the way through. It almost makes me want to do it right here while we're sitting here. <laughs> it's very painful. But, but yeah, I don't want to do that because I don't want to have to hear it. So you don't. after we're done recording, you need to do that and see see what it does for you. See if it uh, if it takes care of it because I think that'll do it. But then I was singing around the house and I got banned from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean singing in general or just singing that song? No, I got banned from singing that song. <laughs> Oh my goodness. We used to, in my family, have this thing that was a no singing at the table rule. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing. Why can we not sing at the table? Yeah. But we were not allowed because it wasn't proper manners. And now we are allowed to sing at the table. And I don't think we ever do. Yeah. Do you sing at your table? Well, I mean, we sing we sing the prayer every every time because that's what Strong does because Kayla taught him that. So, yeah. (laughs) So we do. Yes. We do. And you at least sing the prayer. Yeah. And whenever Strong randomly feels the need to burst into song, he does it. We we don't really discourage that at all. That's so, awesome. Great yeah. parenting. Yeah, I think so. That's Support a parenting. Those. That's a parenting win, I think. Um, so jumping off of that, one of the things <laughs> that we thought we wanted to do this week was tell you a few more stories. Um, yes. because I don't know. We've been very topical for a while. We've dove deep and we've dove shallow and <laughs> this time we're like, you know, People need to kind of get to know us. Yeah. Um, If you've jumped into our podcast in the middle or you live on the other side of the country and you don't know who we are, or you live, I don't know, we have listeners in Iraq. Elsewhere. I'm cool with that. Japan. (laughs) Yes. 
And um, so, and more listeners this last month now than yeah, ever. Yeah, so which is bizarre. We're stoked about that. Yeah, I was thinking about that. We we should maybe up our social media game a little bit because we don't. We just we're not don't. Very social. We're really bad at it. But our audience is not very social back. <laughs> no, apparently but not. But that, that could be on us. It might, it might be on us. It's okay. Anyway, so yeah, one of the things that, well, I guess you should introduce it because oh. it was your wife who came up with the yes. idea for what um, we're about to do. So the idea was to tell the stories that you would normally tell at a dinner party. So we're just going to have storytelling time. Uh, one of the things that we thought about was like, okay, invite your audience over like you're having a dinner party. And what are those things like after everybody's eaten, you're just kind of jawing, you're telling stories and people are getting to know each other. What is, what are your go-to stories? The, the, the places you normally go, is it high school? Is it your family? And uh, my wife was like getting introduced to your family, which would be my family. <laughs> it's like, it was crazy. She's like, you do some things like you, all you'd have to do is pick any story out of your growing up experience <laughs> and it would be odd to the rest of humanity. <laughs> and that's pretty true. So yeah, I was kind of living in a bubble culture <laughs> in our family, but we, we loved, we loved doing life together and we were a big family. So it was enough yeah. and, and it was a great time. All right. So, all right. Um, but yes, so I'm, I'm, I'm free if you I'm want to. I'm just going to say now too. I'm yours. painfully aware of the fact that this is probably going to devolve into humiliating stories. Like we'll we'll start out just kind of oh here the thing, but it's eventually just going to devolve into oh man I remember this one time, and it, it, we're going to get off track with this one. I'm almost 100 percent positive. It's okay. We're, um, the the only rule I would say is that no one story should go terribly long. No, no, of course not. We should have brought the bell to <laughs> to ring for that. <laughs> the bell um, of authority. But yeah, okay, I can I can go first. Uh, well, I mean, obviously one of the first things I typically talk about is is my family structure. Uh, so you know, usually I'll I'll you know somebody will ask that inevitable question. Oh, do you have any siblings? You know, unfortunately in our culture, are your parents still together? You know, yes. that kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll usually go, you know, with the whole thing of talking about my parents uh, actually divorcing when I was very, very young, but them getting back together and usually talking about how uh, God really intervened and, and did some incredible things. Um, I have two siblings that are younger than me. I am the oldest uh, of the three of us which is why they're younger siblings. Um, <laughs> but uh, me and my brother Caleb and my sister Hillary, and uh, we were born very close together. I was born in 83, my brother in 85, and my sister in 87. Now, let me amend that because it doesn't sound as close as it actually was. I was born in November of 83. My brother was born in October of 85, <laughs> and my sister was born in January of 87. So we, we were always very close, grew up very close together, uh, had a lot of the same circle of friends, and it was an awesome way to grow up until all of my friends tried to date my sister. And I, I basically had all but two friends that at one point or another made some kind of attempt at dating my sister, and I was not a fan of that at all. Uh, so yeah, that's usually my first, like my entry. Let me tell you about my family a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my family, we did a lot of things, but we didn't have a ton of money growing up, which was okay. I mean, my dad worked hard. We had five kids. Yes. And so I always say I had two brothers and two sisters. It makes things simple. <laughs> um, I was the oldest and there was a whole gang of us to, to this day when I'm alone and things are completely quiet, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> because there was not such a thing in our household <laughs> as completely alone or completely quiet. Yes. It did not happen. Yes. Um, well, considering you were the first, I guarantee there was no completely oh, no, quiet there was from, no the rest moment for you, anyone. from the moment you discovered America or I guess Canada in your case. I don't, where were you born? 
born, by the way. I was born in Dryden, Ontario. Okay, Canada. see, that's what I so thought. I thought you were actually born in my Canada. My parents were on the mission field, and I was born up there, and they kept me in the hospital longer than normal because they knew the minute I left the hospital, I was going out into the middle of the bush where there was no accessible hospital, anything, so they wanted to make sure this baby was good <laughs> to go before they just let us fly off into the cold. I was born in December, so Ooh. December in northwestern Ontario. Yeah, that's brutal. Is yeah. Yeah. A, a outer layer of hell somewhere. Yeah. No. Or is it no. inner? I don't know how that it, works, you know. I, I always thought the outer rings of hell were the better parts. I don't know. I haven't read Dante's Inferno in too long. I need to I need to go I've back. I've never read there. it, I was guessing. <laughs> so <laughs> but no, no, no. I mean, Canada was awesome. I mean, there's some great pictures of me as a little kid in snowdrifts way taller than me. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great thing. I'm proud of my Canadian citizenship enough yeah. that I'm passing it on to my kids. And I have dual citizenship, so I'm pretty much Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Born in Canada to American parents, and I found out I can run for president. Yes. That's why I was following yes. Ted Cruz so closely. Yes, yes. Um, but just to give you a snapshot into what our Stauffer growing up look like. So one of the highlights when you don't have a lot of money is going camping. Mm. And so my, uh, my grandparents had a cabin that they basically carved out of a mountainside in, in Northern Pennsylvania. And we would go up there and hang out at my grandpa Stauffer's cabin. And it was a beautiful place out in the wilderness. And we go, uh, we go fishing. I learned to fish for river trout there and um, learned to watch out for rattlesnakes Ooh. and copperheads because north central Pennsylvania has a lot of that. But the best part of this that most people in Ohio can't identify with is the bears. Yes. In Ohio, I remember listening to the radio one time, and they're like, there was a bear in, sighted in Marietta or somewhere, and it was coming up through. Like, it had been seen as far north as almost Columbus somewhere, and people were freaking out. I'm like... One bear. <laughs> like northwestern Ontario, tons of bears. Right, like, right. Of you course, leave your garbage out, bears are going to eventually gonna... find it. Yeah. But north central Pennsylvania is not bear much country better. too. Yeah. There's plenty of bears. So we'd go up to the cabin, and one of the highlights of this trip would we'd all load up in various trucks. And my grandpa had an old pickup truck, and we would jump in the back of this thing, and we would load up in various cars and drive. I don't know, maybe a mile, mile and a half. Wasn't that far. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed like a mile and a half when I was a kid. So this distance could be off. <laughs> but we drove out to this cabin and there was a guy that lived in a cabin. That's, he was an older guy. It seemed, seemed like he lived there because he would do this every night. You could yeah. drive out there and it just happened. He would make peanut butter sandwiches and throw them off of his porch. And you could, at dusk, and you could watch the bears just come out of the woods. Now, when you say the bears, how many bears multiple are you talking? Multiple bears. But give me a number, like multiple. Like, uh, at, at one given time, I'm pretty sure there was five Jeez. out there. and like, But they would rotate. When they were full, they would like leave, yeah, and others yeah. would come, and there were small ones. And there, there was one that was so fat, and she had some sort of name. I don't remember <laughs> what he called her. But her stomach dragged almost on the ground, like, it was that fat yeah. because he would feed them every night and that thing could barely move and we would laugh <laughs> at it. And it was, it was hysterical. But I remember sitting in the back of a pickup truck being like, what exactly do I do if a bear wants to get in here? But 
we were all like, eh, don't worry about it. The bear's not going in here. <laughs> See, no. So, well, and then he would come down off his balcony after he threw enough uh, peanut butter sandwiches out there, just loaves of bread with peanut butter between yeah, it, yeah. and just made a ton of them. He'd have the bags pre-made. And then he'd have these circus peanuts. I love circus peanuts. marshmallow circus, circus oh, yeah. peanuts. That's one of my favorite he candies. He would hand-feed them to the bears. And the one bear that was probably the fattest and most friendly, he would feed it out of his mouth. Like, he would put one circus peanut in there. And these are wild bears. Yeah. These are. This is not a zoo. Yeah. There's no fence. These bears just come. And I remember this as, like, a normal thing that we would do. See, now, what you're <laughs> describing is one of my worst nightmares because, and, and again, this is a little-known fact about me, I'm terrified of bears. Like yeah, I'm why? absolutely You've terrified. You've probably never seen one. You live in Ohio. I've, I've seen I've seen bears, but never in the wild. I've seen them. I've I've seen them in uh, uh, zoos, obviously. And that was actually my first experience. I remember I was dating a girl once, and her sister and brother-in-law were having their second baby, and so we took their oldest child uh, for just kind of that that weekend. You know, while they were in the you know took care of her and whatever, and one of the things we did is we took her to the zoo. I think we took her to Cleveland, the Cleveland Zoo. And there was a grizzly bear there that was just angry. I mean, I don't know what had made him angry, but he was mad. And at that zoo, it's an open-air uh, environment with, with a large uh, kind of ravine between... There's a, there's a fence and a ravine between yeah. you and that. But you can just see, you know, just like I'm looking at you across the table. And this thing is just angry, just roaring away and pawing at the air and... I had that thought of like, if this thing could get across right now, it would literally be tearing through everybody that's standing here watching it. And I thought to myself, this is terrifying. And and really, the thing that scares me about bears is they're like, they will they will find you and they will maul you and they won't even do you the courtesy of eating you. They will just maul you for the heck of it and then leave you there, <laughs> and dead or not, and they'll just they'll just be done with you. And I'm like, what does that? And especially this thing that we have somehow cultivated as cute and cuddly in 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 our in our minds, and we have teddy bears and we have Winnie yeah, the Pooh and we have bears, all these things. Black bears are super cool to look at. Like they until they they're look not cute. until they're not until they suddenly until they suddenly decide they want to just destroy but you for. Guy never died. He did it every you night. You don't know that. Well, he might. He's he might have gotten on now. the wrong side of a different bear at one point. And That's why my dad used to watch the crocodile hunter, and I feel bad <laughs> saying this now, but he said he would watch it every time we found the TV. And that uh, that for some reason it was not on a channel that we had. Yeah. And so anytime we were like at a hotel, he'd be like flipping through. Ah, oh, the crocodile hunter. Time to watch this guy. He's like, he's gonna die on this show one of these times, and I want to see it. I remember actually hearing a comedian talking about that. He said, first time I discovered the crocodile hunter, I'm watching. I'm like, honey, come in here and watch this guy die. And then, of course, obviously, he ended up dying filming his show. But I didn't know a comedian never did that. That yeah. was my dad. My yeah. dad said that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was without a doubt. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah, bears. I'm terrified of bears. Bears and trains. Um, I'm not afraid of riding in trains. I'm afraid of trains. But, see, I find that weird because in Ohio you have trains. Yes. And, and, and I watch them pass by me in front of my car, and they terrify me. <laughs> I know too many people to, that have been... We used been... to go up and lay pennies on the track, and then the train would go by it, and then you go pick up your penny. Yeah. I blame the movie Fried Green Tomatoes for my fear of trains. If you haven't seen it, don't bother. It's definitely a chick flick. No, something... Jess watched it. Yeah. I didn't know there was a train in it. Lots of trains. Every time something bad happens in that movie, a train is either involved or 
present running through this place. Anyway, but anyway, that's a that's a side note. Uh, but again, something I will often tell people at dinner parties is because you get into weird things like that when so you don't actually know I the people a, you're talking a to. I had a pastor one time that gave this as an example. I've never oh been able to get it out of my head. <laughs> he was talking about how we should always be looking for people to share the gospel with. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, you look... And his example that he gave was from, like, the Holocaust, how there were people that would live along the tracks where the Jewish people were taken to the concentration camps, and the train cars were full of people that were headed for destruction. Right. And he was like, you you would live along those tracks and know that every time you heard a train, there's more and more people that are going there to be destroyed. And he's like, so when you hear a train... Just be thinking about the people that you know that are headed for destruction. Remember to pray for them and to share the gospel with them, which turns out is kind of a terrifying yeah. thing to tell people yeah. because there's a lot of trains in Ohio. Yeah, that's kind of horrifically. <laughs> uh, all I think of when I hear a train is Johnny Cash, so I, I got nothing, that's probably I got nothing better. on that. I need to replace my memory. Yeah, I got nothing on that. That's, that's, that's kind of damaging. Uh, <laughs> it sounds gosh. good when you first say it. Yeah, but Not then you really. think about it a little bit. And you're but like, the longer geez. you think about it, the worse it gets. <laughs> oh my word! Jeez, um, where do you go from? There? Yeah, where do you go from? Where do you go from the Holocaust? Uh, oh gosh, Sorry. I was convinced that we were never going to bring up the Holocaust on here. And then this you was went the worst way it. to bring it in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and everybody's going to be wondering what just happened what? here. That, that could be something we hear sometimes. Good Why Lord. does everybody feel the need to make their political argument by using the oh, Holocaust? Um, uh, I'm uh, crying right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm witnessing this right here. Jeez. Okay. Is it my turn now? Or we it here? can be. Is it my turn? Okay. Um, One of your go-to stories. Jeez. Uh, I'm I'm just totally that just totally knocked so much stuff out of my head. I can't even I okay, can't even hardly I think. can go if you want. Go, me to. please do. Please. Okay. I'm still trying so to get over. So another way to get to know my family, and this is my present day family. <laughs> so when me and Jess got married, we're both a tad rebellious, and um, we don't we don't listen very good, <laughs> and and so if so we're like, how do we make rules for our children? Like. Because you have to parent, and so you're going to have to make rules now. Right. And we don't make our beds, so we're like, we certainly can't tell our kids to make their bed because it's not going to be a thing we do. And just because I've always seen it as completely pointless. and I agree with you. Once I let Jess off the hook about making her bed, she's like, I love it. Let's <laughs> not ever make our bed. So sometimes the bed won't be made, but... Only if companies come. Yeah, if someone's over. coming and so, going to see your bedroom, yeah, if somebody's going to see our bedroom, but most of the time the door will be firmly closed. Yep. Because that bed is not made. Yeah. So we're like, we can't make that rule for our kids. We can't make the no singing at the table rule. But there's not a lot of rules we're really going to have. And so I was having this discussion with the guy at work, and he's like, "Yeah, you could either for kids, they need boundaries, and so you could either make." like 90 little rules and fence them in, you know, all the way around. He's like, they're just going to look for a place to break through. He's like, how much better to set a few boundaries and defend them hardcore? Yeah. Like, you don't do this. Right. You know, set a boundary and then don't do this. So one of our boundaries was lying. And mm-hmm. in the sphere of lying, like, you just don't lie to me. Like, a lot of things are forgivable. Just don't lie to me about yeah. it. And the punishment for lying was, you know, fairly understood. Everybody knew what happens when you lie. 
Well, the kids found a gray area, believe it or not. And so what they were doing was taking candy and hiding it in their rooms and then secretly eating it at times where the candy buckets were here and then just dispenses the candy right, based on right. performance. Right. And so if you're hiding candy away and eating it, you're thwarting the whole system. The economy <laughs> is off. So, so, and I decided that, that hiding the candy was in the lying sphere. You are basically yeah. saying, my candy is over here, but you have secret candy yeah, yeah. that's hidden away. And I'm like, okay, I want to think about this as like, do I want my 17-year-old hiding things from me? Do mm -hmm. I want my 12-year-old hiding things from me? You know, better they find out now. Yeah. So my kids were, I don't know, what were they? Like six and four, let's say. Something okay. like that. Six yeah. and four, maybe five and three. But anyway, they they got caught and Jess was like, this needs to happen. So I decided, all right, if we're going to punish, we're going to do it right. So I'm like, all right, let's make a game. And I made this whole game out of finding candy. Go to any room, anywhere, see who can gather the most candy. And we're going to have a contest. And you pile up yours on this side. You pile up yours on this side. And they ran and immediately found candy in places I didn't know there was candy in our house. And there was candy appeared from everywhere. And they're like, does mama's candy count? I'm like, yeah. So they went and got everybody's candy. And meanwhile, I'd emptied all the trash, put in a brand new liner, <laughs> drug the trash can over by the table. They didn't see it. They have all their stuff on their side. And they're like, what are we going to do now? I'm like, now I'm going to throw it all away. <laughs> I'm like, you hid your candy from your mother. There will be no more candy. I'm like, it is all going in this trash can. And I picked it up one handful at a time and threw it into the trash can <laughs> while they wailed. And I think Jess was hiding upstairs. <laughs> the kids just stood there and bawled their eyes out. Oh and goodness. I threw all the candy away. And then I sent them upstairs to bed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it was very traumatic. But even... Now, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me back up to something you said. You said they asked about mom's candy. Yes. Was that the candy that she would give them or the candy that was actually hers? It was her candy. Like, she had chocolates <laughs> that they knew that they were so not So you all... threw away your wife's candy as well? Well, I did have a shopping bag <laughs> that her candy went into. Okay. And this is what I didn't tell you when the kids were here. Jess's candy survived and lived in a secret oh. location. So then Jess had secret candy for oh, quite a oh, while. Oh, my and, goodness. But it was soon Easter, and it was actually a great time to clean it out because some of that candy just had to get yeah well you have to have the yearly candy cleaning no i, I disagree you 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 go on, if it's not moldy and it's not too hard to chew you eat that stuff but now the kids have voluntarily done their like yearly candy cleaning they'll open up their buckets they'll go through they'll throw away anything that looks expired or that they don't want and i'm very much in support of this yeah i'm but. kind of a candy freak so i i i, I don't think i would have had the willpower to do that <laughs> I think it would have become my candy is how that one would have worked. I never had candy that lasted that long. All my all my brothers and sisters had their little candy buckets or candy baskets. Mine was always empty. <laughs> I may or may not have stolen from theirs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, random things about me um, that I will tell. I was a sleepwalker uh, from, from about uh, the first time it ever happened was when my parents had split up. And it was one of the first times we were staying at my dad's house. And sh my sister was uncomfortable being in a new place, so she slept up in my dad's room in her sleeping bag on the floor. My brother and I were in what would eventually be our room in sleeping bags because, again, my dad had just kind of moved in. And 
the next morning, I woke up and I'm like, man, my sleeping bag was like tight. It felt weird. And I roll over and I'm in my and I'm in my sister's sleeping bag with her. No memory whatsoever. I had walked all the way upstairs, gotten in in her sleeping bag with her. No memory whatsoever. So th- from about pro- that was probably about I don't know, seven years old, eight years old until, geez, probably almost 15, 14, 15 years old. I I was a sleepwalker. And no real, no, don't know why, don't know how. Every don't know night what. or just random nights? It was random nights. Um, and it was like, I was conversational too. Like I, I, I didn't make a whole lot of sense. Would you tell your deepest, darkest secrets? No, 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 no. I would say things that were pertaining to whatever dream I was having that I was ah, walking I gotcha. through. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, so I was a sleepwalker uh, for a long time. Don't, don't do it anymore. Uh, at least I don't think so. Uh, I've not woken up in any strange places in a really long time, but yeah, I I was a sleepwalker. Growing That's pretty up. funny. Yeah, so it was very strange. I had obviously we had a small house and I had two brothers, so we had one of those bunk beds where there was two on the bottom, one on the top. I was on the top, my two brothers were on the bottom. Yeah, and one one of my brothers would get to snoring, and I can't handle snoring. I would lay on my bunk and reach my hand down and like hold his nose shut. <laughs> Until he would stop snoring and like go <laughs> to try and catch his breath. <laughs> and, and then he'd breathe out his mouth and then I could oh. go back to sleep. <laughs> I think I confessed to him one time that I did. It was David, that. wasn't it? No, it was Dennis. Oh, I thought for sure that just sounded like David. <laughs> no. That just sounded like David to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My, yeah. my mom was pretty like nap time was very important and because there was a lot of little kids after me i still had to take naps way into uh-uh. non-nap taking time and so i got really good at fake sleeping i can fake like i'm asleep like nobody else because <laughs> what i would do instead of actually sleeping is watch my brothers and sisters sleep and figure out like what you do when you're asleep and are your eyes totally closed or are they not totally closed <laughs> how's the breathing and like what are your hand postures? And Liz, like, is it slow breathing? How slow? Can I monitor this my breathing? This is so creepy. And I would watch that sleep so that when my mom came in the room and I heard the footsteps coming up the steps, I could lay there in my bed and do a perfect sleeping performance <laughs> because then there was only one room check and then I could get up. Yeah. Like, as long as I, if I got through the mid-nap check, yeah. I could get up a lot earlier than if I was awake at the mid-nap check, then I still had another hour or whatever yeah. it was. So yeah, that mid-nap was, check was very important. I was always the nap striker of our family when I was a kid. Like, I would try to get into conversations and, you know, was get, which is funny because my son is now that way. I was going to say, you're reaping what you said. Yeah, I absolutely am. He is my mini-me, without a doubt. But yeah, I was the nap striker of our family growing up. Um, which it makes me sad now. I wish I had napped more when it was socially acceptable for me to do it more often because there's nothing I love more than sleeping a little bit during the day. Since we grew up in the 80s, did you ever have a fear of being kidnapped? Not really. Not really. Um, no, actually. No, never did. Um, I don't know why that, why that is that I wouldn't have. Again, because like you said, there was... But you know what? The, the, whole, the whole aspects of the satanic panic didn't really hit my family until the late 90s, early 2000s. Really? It got to us slowly. We, we discovered that later in life. Really? Huh? Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. Like, yeah. my mom was always worried 
about kidnapping. Like yeah. it was a thing. I mean, my parents talked about it. Like, you know, the whole don't wander off with strangers, don't wander off without us, don't go outside without us, always let us know where you are, that kind of thing. Um, but no, never, never had any real fear of that. But it was kind of funny too because we just pretty much ran all around our property and didn't matter. Like yeah. we had three acres and there was a creek and woods. And we had a in, in our house in Indianapolis. We had a like a big privacy fenced fenced in backyard, and we lived like right across. We were like the parking lot away from the church that we were at at that time. I think it was actually the parsonage. Um, so, but my dad was not the senior pastor there. Uh, so we were in like this odd safe place that we never realized we thought we had a lot of freedom, but it's like when you go back to a place that you thought was huge when you were a little kid. I mean, I remember there was a place that, uh, we used to go, uh, in our house in Coshocton, uh, before we moved here to Worcester that we were allowed to ride our bikes. There was this Baptist church, you know, down what we felt like was miles, you know, down the yeah. road. And, uh, and we could go ride in that parking lot. And the only thing we had to do is if my mom whistled, my mom was a really loud whistler. And if she whistled, we had to come back right away. Like that was just how it worked. And, uh, and there was like a storm drain that we referred to as the Creek, um, <laughs> when we were kids. And, uh, and so, you know, we were down there all the time. There was a sand lot, like baseball diamond down there that we would play in. And I went back uh, with Kayla for our fourth anniversary. Um, and it was just like, I could see clearly from where, what used to be my driveway down to there. I'm like, this is not a far distance at all. Yeah. You know, it's your like, mom could totally yeah, see. Yeah. You think things are totally expansive and free and you go back and you're like, man, my world was really, really small. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of one of the things that me and my brothers and sisters used to do is we figured out how to make paper boats Mm, by mm-hmm. coloring on both sides of a paper with crayon yeah, enough and, and that it sealing made it, it with waterproof. the wax, yeah. And then you would fold it up into a paper boat. And then me and my brother would float them down. We'd float them down the creek and throw like rocks and dirt clods and whatever at it and bomb the ships. Yeah, yeah. You'd make whole armadas and float them down oh, the yeah. creek and bomb them. Oh, yeah. And then I went and got my sister's hamster. <laughs> Oh, and put no. it in a, made a big boat just for no. the hamster, put him in the boat, no. started it from the tree, and then we took up positions on either oh, side of the creek, no. tried to bomb the hamster, because we found out hamsters could swim, and it looks hysterical, because <laughs> their little feet are going like this, you know, and their little nose just sticks above the water, and they're like, all the way to the shore, and we'd laugh, we'd lay on the creek bank and laugh, and then and then we'd get the thing out, we'd go find mom's hair dryer, and whoosh, you know, and, and the thing would be all poofy and hot, and then we'd put it back in the cage like nothing was wrong <laughs> oh my gosh that's like borderline serial killer behavior like, what the hamster that? was fine it can swim that's it got horrible. blow dried off it that's was... terrible oh my goodness that is awful and so the one night my parents had fam- had another family over which was disastrous to do with all of us kids because you can't have adult conversation and so all of us kids went down in the basement. We were playing down there, and I was one of the older kids, so I ended up coming up and sitting with the adults. And after a while, my sister comes up, and, and she's like, Mama, Hampy flat. <laughs> and my mom's like, what? And she's like, Hampy flat. And so my dad or mom, one of them went downstairs, and the hamster is 
flattened out on the floor. <laughs> He's just completely flat. And they're like, what did you do? Well, we put a box on top of him, and then one of them sat in the box. Uh-huh. And Dad was, they were like, well, I don't know what to do for it. So they, like, scooped up the hamster, put him in his cage. It was like, yeah, we'll hope for the best. The thing was fine. It ended up being okay. <laughs> it just, like, laid in his cage, came back to life. I don't know. Is this hamster still alive? There was a rotating amount of hamsters, but they lived like normal hamster lifespans. Wow. They all died of natural causes. We never kept a pet growing up until it died. Never. <laughs> we probably shouldn't have kept We it. never did. We never did. Every dog we ever owned, every cat we ever owned, you know, of course, cats, they just wander off and hide and die. Yeah. Like they don't, I mean, dogs do too to an extent, but they don't go far. But we never had a pet die on our watch. Really? Um, no. And one of my favorite things to talk about, man, this is terrible. It sounds really morbid, but one story that I will often tell people is um, we had a, a Rottweiler named Schultz. Uh, any of you who know the the show Hogan's Heroes, Schultz was the big fat uh, prison guard, <laughs> the big lovable prison guard in, in Hogan's Heroes. But my dad loved that show, and so he named the dog Schultz. You know, German dog, name it Schultz. Um, and we had him for a, l- well, a good long while, but my mom was very nervous because I was very small at the time. And, you know, Rottweilers still have, you know, the reputation they have. And oh, yeah. I was a little nervous. So we ended up giving him away, and he ended up dying because he chased a semi and caught it. Uh, caught the back tire, like literally sank his teeth into a, the back tire as it was going down the road, and uh, and he lost that battle. <laughs> he wrapped himself. He around. did. He wrapped himself up. Uh, but yeah, we've we've never kept an animal all the way to death. Uh, and my wife and I have continued that tradition. We had a couple of Yorkies that we, after two kids, we were just like, we can't handle these dogs anymore. And we gave them to a very nice retired couple with five dogs. So for whatever reason, uh, if you're ever in the in the in the search for a pet. Check with us, because we may be giving an animal away. So we once rented a house that had a fish pond, and there was goldfish in this fish pond. And when we were leaving, the people were going to renovate it and get rid of the fish pond, and they were just going to, like, dump out the fish and let them go. go. Yeah. So we decided to rescue as many fish as we could. We got an aquarium. We put them all in. What we didn't realize is that with goldfish, there's a limited number of fish that you can put in an, an aquarium. And sustain. Yeah, well, or they jump out. Like yeah. Eventually, they'll, they'll, like, jump out. And so we had fish that, like, in the middle of the night, you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, there's another one that's jumped to his death. And so you had to, like, we'll go around in the dark and find the fish and put Gold it back in. Goldfish suicide watch. Yeah, and, like, you go on vacation, you'd lose one or two fish because oh they just jump to their deaths. And then sometimes they jump behind the dresser, and then you'd have this weird fish smell. We had a goldfish once. And my brother and sister realized they could play with it. And so my brother would, like, put it in his hand and flip it like a burger (laughs) or transfer it multiple times between two cups. That was a very stressed-out goldfish, and it did not last very long. (laughs) That one died. Yes, that one died. But but fish aren't pets. They're just not. They're they're not pets. No, fish aren't pets. Um, Other random things. that Oh, uh, when I was eight years old, I hit myself in the shin with a hatchet. And by that, I mean I sunk it into my shin. Oh, that's Um, good. My parents were away at a – they always did a youth tour every summer with their teens uh, for a couple of weeks where they would go down to – they would take a bus down to South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, and they would sing and they would do, you know, mission projects and, and, and work and witness stuff. And also go to the beach because it was a teen youth trip. That's what you do. You're like 80% fun and, yeah. you know, 
20% work. But um, they no, they actually did more than that. But um, they were away on that trip, and we were being watched by uh, a couple in our church, and it was kind of a rural area that they lived in. And uh, Doug, there, we always grew up with you know knives and things. Never guns really when I was growing up. We didn't really we didn't have guns in the house, but we grew up with knives and hatchets and things. That was just commonplace. And Doug sent us out, and he's like, "Hey, don't you know don't uh, don't cut yourself with this, but go ahead out, take it out." Well, I had chopped down a tree with it that I was allowed to chop down. There were he told us where we were allowed to go. And it was then on the ground, and I decided I, would, I wanted to chop the, the thing, you know, even smaller. Well, I didn't take into account that it was a hatchet, and so it was very small. And so I basically went to take a swing, and I just nicked the tree barely and sunk the corner of it yep. into my shin at eight years old. And I pulled it out, and I handed it to my brother, and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I handed it to him, and I started to walk away, and my leg gave out. And I think I was in shock just a little bit, you know. And, uh, and yeah, I... <laughs> cut a big gash in oh, my, my in my shin and so I went hobbling back to the house and told Doug that I cut my shin open and they had, they had to run me to the emergency room and uh, it actually helped because both of my siblings thought I was going to have to have my leg amputated uh, which I knew wasn't true and so I actually thought that was kind of funny even at 8 that they were freaking out about that uh, but I'll never forget Doug and Wendy they, they you know lifted up my pant leg pulled down my long tube socks because that's what you wore back then oh, yeah. with long you know knee you know knee length tube socks and as soon as both of them saw it, they had like a butterfly you know bandage and as soon as both of them saw it in unison they both said it needs stitched and i was like no you know freaking out <laughs> so they took me there a little eight-year-old me they had to give me a tetanus shot as well which was not pleasant and um it took two nurses doug who was a big dude and an extra doctor to hold little eight-year-old me down while they were uh, injecting the the numbing agent into it uh, yep. because I I my adrenaline kicked in and I I was very fierce for a very quick amount of time, but yeah, hit myself in the shin with a hatchet when I was eight years old. Still carry the scar under my hairy legs that you can't you can't see it, but I could point it out to you if I wanted to. Yeah, I've yeah I've done a number of stupid things for which I probably should have lost my life. <laughs> um, yeah number of them racing down a mountain winding road at night in the rain in a car in a car oh. yes at 17 and trying to beat a vw jetta for some reason <laughs> down this hill and he got in front of me and then a van pulled out of a side road and i popped up over the rise all i saw was brake lights locked it up and just there's a ditch on either side of the road and I don't know how, but I ended up facing back up the mountain by the time I was done. And I went back and looked at the marks the next day. And there was marks all over the middle of the road. Like, I almost hit both ditches on either side. And the one time I remember, like, counter-steering for my life. And then finally thought I was going to hit the ditch and, like, brace for it. And nothing happened, so I started steering again. <laughs> and here I'd gone up on the side road where the van had pulled out. Yeah. And that was right where I thought I was going to hit the ditch. That was the only place there wasn't a ditch on either side of the road. Jeez. I'm like, I believe in guardian angels. <laughs> I seriously do. But I couldn't push the clutch in to go because it was a manual shift uh. car. And there I am sitting up facing the wrong way on the, on the road. And I'm like, I can't push this clutch in because my knees are too jumpy. Like I was like panicking. <laughs> Yeah, my I, friend, I showed up late. My friend was like, where'd you go? I'm like, I almost died. <laughs> yeah, I never did stupid car things. I had friends who did stupid car things while I was riding along with them. Yeah. But I myself never, I was always cautious. Although I did have a single car accident by myself where I got on the wrong side of a semi and my lane ended. 
and I didn't know that it was about to end. And when I hit that, it was like churned up gravel, like they'd been working on that. And I fishtailed, and I hit that that thing in the median where cops usually sit to yep. track you. But because it had all been dug out for construction purposes, it was way higher. So the front end of my little Honda Civic hit it. I popped up over the top and landed on the other side. It was terrifying, and I totaled my car. That was my yeah. first car. That will do it. Yeah, yeah, it did it. But the Civic did very well. Did did it. Had a very good crash rating, and I proved it. Yeah. As a kid, I played with gas a lot. Mm-mm. It probably was not a great idea. Again, I was bladed things. That was my that was my thing growing up. Yeah. So if you pour gas on a lake, and then you have, like, a piece of bark, and you, like, light it, you can throw it into the lake, and there will be fire, and you can <laughs> jump into it. And oh it's, like, gosh. hot, cold. <laughs> it's really it's awesome. <laughs> you felt like Rambo or something. It was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I have no response to that. If you take some spent twenty-two shells and oh you pour gunpowder into each of them and you crimp them over with the pliers, you can smack them with a hammer and they make a bang. But we would always close our eyes when we did that because there was little pieces of stuff that went everywhere. Oh my gosh. And I came home and I was looking in the mirror like, what are these black dots? It was like little pieces of gunpowder embedded in my skin, oh my in my face. I'm like, what would have happened if I would have left my eyes open? I, I might have been blind. I should not let you hang out around my children. <laughs> this is not good. Good Lord. Yeah, I never, I never did any of that kind of stuff. Again, I was I witnessed these kinds of things, but I never participated. I just kind of stood back and watched them happen. Oh, but man. I was always the instigator. Like I would push somebody to do something and then watch it unfold. I remember for some reason taking a several gallon jug of gas and writing my name in the lawn and then, and then lighting it and didn't realize that I'd gotten gas all over my hand and arm in the process. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I'm like this, running around, flapping my arm, and it's all on fire. Oh, my gosh. It was, that was crazy. It, oh, man. It didn't burn at first because it's burning the fumes. And of then course. I'm like, oh, no, and it's hot. And it got like, oh. my word. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Chris, Crisco fires are awesome, though. Yes. It's the best campfire trick that you'll yeah. ever see. Yeah. So. Well, my my favorite story to tell. I'm this this. I don't know if this would technically be our wrap up. Oh, we've you can wrap it we've up. We've been this going for good. a while here. We've yeah. told random stories. So so here's my favorite story to tell when I've just met somebody because I love to watch the look on people's face when they try to figure out if what I am telling them is even legal. I am married to my ex fiance's brother's girlfriend. Ex-fiance's brother's girlfriend. Okay. Yes. So my wife, before we ever dated, of course, first of all, she's six years younger than me. I was engaged to a girl, and that ended up all going south, and, and you know, there's all kind of detail there that I'm obviously not going to give. Um, but soon after we, we hit, the, hit the rocks, my wife started dating my ex-fiance's brother <laughs> and they dated for several years i, I forget how many two three years basically like you and your wife dated siblings you said it very confusing yes. to make it as yes. confusing as yes. possible but i like to say it that way because it gives it gives even you you know the situation and you yeah. had that look of like okay let me think about that um uh but then eventually they they broke up i think he broke things off with her and i kind of did the whole thing of like hey 
I called and I was like, hey, you know, I know I know what it's like to have to have separation from that family after something like that. So if you ever need somebody to talk to, you know, I'm here. And we kind of reconnected for a minute, but then it was that was basically it. It was just and then like a year later, we ended up reconnecting and actually started dating. And within a year, we were married, you know, and uh, and but I always like to tell that story because it, I get really sideways looks from people trying to figure out. Is that that's okay? how they do yeah. that in Ohio? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but again, it, we we never there was never overlap in the in the dating so experience. I can I can go one almost as weird. Oh boy, my mom and her aunt married brothers. Your mom? Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Your mom and your and aunt, her aunt and her aunt. Okay, yeah, that was as weird as Kay. I initially heard it. So okay, on my mom's side, my grandpa was the oldest, so her dad, okay. my mom's dad, grandpa, was the oldest in his family, and they had a lot of kids and kind of spread out. And so the youngest of that family was almost as old as his daughter because he had my mom. Right. My mom was the oldest. Right, okay, okay. And the oldest grandkid, you know, however it worked out. But she is very close in age to her aunt. And so they basically kind of grew up together. And my dad and my uncle are brothers. Yes, that's usually how that that's works. That's usually how that works. <laughs> but he's also my uncle on the other side, I think. So, yes. he, would, so he would technically... No, he's my... He's your, your uncle, but he's, he's also my, kind He's of, my mom's uncle, too. Yes. Yes. That, yeah. And her brother-in-law. Yeah, that's weird. That's that's. <laughs> but some... it's totally legit. Like they're two yeah. separate families. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole West Virginia. I'm my own cousin kind but of stuff. Mom, like that. My mom and my aunt married brothers. So my cousins on that side are my cousins, and on the other side, they're my cousin and a half. They're like my cousin once removed. <laughs> oh my gosh! So they're like my double cousin and a half. Like on both sides, you will find these people. I'm just going to concede that Sheldon has won this podcast. <laughs> Not just because of that, but that definitely tops my story and everything else he has done and talked about doing. He he just I, wins. I can't believe you didn't know this before. No, but, this but is, I will. I will awesome. concede. I will. I will bow and yield to that. That you you win. I have nothing. I have nothing that will top. I used that. to think my cousin was my uncle, but my cousin is not my uncle. He's my cousin once removed. <laughs> but it didn't matter which family reunion went to. They were at both. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, that, my head hurts from that. That is bizarre. <laughs> we'll let you guys figure it out. Seriously, if you draw it out on paper, it works. <laughs> there oh were pastors man. that signed off on this. I think we're good. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. this has been very revealing. Very, very good. Very you guys do not want to come for dinner. No, <laughs> pretty no. Sure. But now we'll have nothing to talk about if you do. So yeah. either way. Oh, It'll man. It'll be a very boring dinner. Well, uh, yeah, I think I think we'll pretty much call this one. <laughs> Uh, if you've made it all the way through this one, good on you. You're you're one of our faithful few, I think. Uh, with this crazy as this has gotten, but, but keep uh, listening. We'll keep be back listening. Yeah, we'll be back. something just as random next week. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you guys then. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The things we say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to the things we say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.